morning is from Isaiah 59, verses 1 through 5. Surely, surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ears too dull to hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not, so that he will not hear. For the hands that are stained with blood, your fingers with guilt, your lips have spoken falsely, your tongues mutter wicked things. No one calls for justice. No one pleads a case for integrity. They rely on empty arguments. They utter lies. They They conceive trouble and give birth to evil. They hatch the eggs of the viper and spin a spider's web. Whoever eats their eggs will die, and when one is broken, an adder is hatched. The second reading is from 1 Paul 3, verses 8 through 12. Finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing because this is this is where you call, for this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing for whoever would love the life and see good days must keep his tongue must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech they must turn from evil and do good they must seek peace and pursue it for the eyes of the lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Amen. Thank you, Robin. We've been talking about prayer for the last few weeks. Got two more weeks. I'm going to share some insight on prayer for the next two weeks as well. But I was just wondering, have you thought about those moments when you brought something before the Lord when you bring your prayers to God, and then all of a sudden you realize, you just realize that you've had prayers answered, that a prayer has been answered, does that motivate you to pray more? Does that get you excited? Does that make you want to tell someone about the Lord's answer to prayer? We hear those stories People have prayed for 10, 20, 30, or 50 years for a loved one or a child or a parent, and then all of a sudden, there's the breakthrough. Amen? They come to Jesus. Their lives are changed. And it's so obvious and it's so real, there's no question. And what do those people say? What have you heard those people say? I'm glad I didn't stop praying. I'm glad I kept praying. I'm glad I kept it before the Lord. So yes, I believe it helps when we have those moments where prayers have been answered. I hope and I believe it does encourage us. I get encouraged. I get encouraged when I hear things that people share or they comment about what the Lord's done in their life and how things have changed or an attitude has changed or a perception or a whole lifestyle. It's so encouraging. Do you remember just a few weeks ago, Moses? Moses 
was leading the people into battle. He was given, he had God's staff, the staff of God, and he would hold it above his head. He was given that direction, hold it above your head, and what would happen? The Israelite army, they just weren't winning. They was mopping up the enemy, mopping up the enemy, making a clean, clean sweep, having a heyday against the enemy. But Moses, he was human. He was a man. He grew tired. He let his arms down. The staff came down. And then they began to what? Lose. They began, the enemy began to overpower them. We're like that, aren't we? We have down moments. We have days when we're just not feeling into it. Sometimes we're just wore out, wore down. Life has us tired. We're just physically and spiritually tired. We're stressed out or whatever it is. And in those moments, like Moses, we realize, oh man, I, I let my arms down. I let, I let the guard down. I've been, I've been down for a few days and I haven't prayed. I've taken my eyes off the Lord. And we all have been in those moments. We all have those hills and valleys, mountains and low moments. And it's called life. And we are emotional beings. We have ups and downs. And we even get to the point sometimes when we think God's not answering any prayers anyways. No need to take it to God. He's not going to answer. None of my prayers get answered. Their prayers get answered all the time. And none of my prayers are getting answered. Their family has it all together. And these families over here, they don't have nothing going right, going their way. So why pray? Why bring to God? No need to pray anymore. God's not doing anything. And isn't that the human tendency? Isn't that part of our humanness? And then we begin to ask, what's wrong with God? What's wrong with God, we begin to ask. And we have to remind ourselves, and we need people around us to remind us, we cannot let that happen. We cannot let that happen. We cannot let that get to be the best of us. And that's why we need the church. That's why we need each other. That's why we need to be part of a body of Christ somewhere in some way, shape, or form. We need each other to get through life. And there's sometimes we need somebody to tell us the hard truth about some things maybe, that may be going on in our lives. As one of those things may be, have you looked in the mirror lately? Have you went and looked in the mirror and looked at yourself? And in that hard look, have you asked the question, am I? Am I an obstacle to my prayers being answered? Am I my own obstacle? Isaiah 59 talks about some of these things. Where Isaiah, he's calling out the people. He's calling out the people and he's not apologized for it. He's like, the cause of your separation between God and you, the people, God and his people. He reminds the people, God does not have short arms or short hands. God's hand is not handicapped or disabled. God does not hold back. God is not ignoring you. 
God does not have earbuds in so that he can't hear your prayers. God doesn't need any earbuds. Remember we talked about earbuds last week? He doesn't have earbuds in. But you, Isaiah says, Isaiah says, you people, your iniquities have separated you from God. Your sins have caused you to become blind. And these, this will cause the Lord not to respond. He can't look upon sin. He does not tolerate sin. He does not work with sinful people. He does not work with sinful people. Doesn't mean he can't guide and direct you. Doesn't mean he can't turn your life around. Doesn't mean he's not going to take a bad situation and work it for his glory, because he does. But when our hands are defiled, and when we are guilty, when we speak lies, and there is gossip, and we tell tales, and we're running around to everyone else, that's not Christ-like. Scripture tells us over and over that is not Christ-like. And we can't get our prayers answered and we can't be one with the Lord when we run around and act like this, talk like that, and be unchristlike. We are called to be Christians of integrity. Integrity within our daily lives. And it begins by looking in that mirror. The integrity with you and yourself is where it begins. Your heart and God. That integrity begins within your own heart. Yes, the world will fill it up with all kinds of things. The world is always nagging and trying to fill us up with this worldly practices and intentions about self and I and I got it together and this and that. But Christ came to serve. Christ came to serve. How many times did he turn his cheek How many times did he let him whip his back? How many times did he let them just push that crown down on his head a little harder, a little harder, and those thorns went deeper and deeper? He came to serve. We are called to serve this world and each other. Isaiah 5, Isaiah says, the calculated the planned and the consistent living that gives birth to the worldly ways, to the ways of the enemy. The ways of the enemy. What do you, what do you say? I've hatched, seen a lot of chicken eggs hatch, but I haven't seen many snake eggs. But he says it's like hatching eggs of a viper or spinning a spider's web where what comes out of the eggs kill, consume, and destroy. The web, what's he say? Is useless. It's not for good, but for evil. So we must look in that mirror once in a while. We must do some devotional self-meditation, self-evaluation and ask, am I an obstacle to my own prayer life? Am I an obstacle to someone else's prayer life? Am I being an obstacle to somebody else's spiritual journey? 
Is it me and myself and I? Do I have unconfessed sin? Have I cut God off? Am I selfish? Do I have a bad attitude? Am I uncaring? All these things causing other conflicts. Where is my faith? You know, when we look in the mirror, we get away from asking, what is wrong with God? To, what about me? How am I? There are many lukewarm Christians in the world today, and they live with a certain mindset not to solve the problems in the mirror. And this mindset... Why pray when I can worry? Why pray, why pray when I can just do it myself? Why pray when I can just work myself to death? Why pray? It takes time. Why pray? Because I got this. Let's just not get caught up in those, that way of thinking. Let us not get away from God. Because we're nothing without God. The church is nothing without Christ. You know, our iniquities, our own sinful nature, it plugs up our hearts, it plugs up our minds, it plugs up the soul. You know, what happens when you get plugged up? What happens when you get congested? You're not very pleasant to be around, are you? Snorting, spitting, blowing your nose, got that nasty stuff coming out of you. And you just think about how awful you feel and how bad things are. Just wish you'd feel better. God doesn't want us to be plugged up Christians. He doesn't want us to be congested with the things of this world. And that's why He sent Christ to be our Lord and Savior. when we can face ourselves in that mirror and say, okay, Lord, I want to surrender. I need to surrender myself. I'm going to pray for myself first because I've got to get myself right first, right with you, so that I can be right with anyone else before I can ever be right with my spouse or my children or anyone else. So bring it to God. Bring yourself Bring your personal problems to God so that you can get in that proper relationship with your Lord and Savior. So that your prayers can be holy and that your prayers will be trustworthy and that the Lord be excited to respond to your prayers. What's it say in 1 Peter 3, 8 and 9? Peter says, Come on, Christians. Pull yourselves together so that your lives will be one with the Lord. Come on, pull yourselves together. Be sympathetic with one another. Be compassionate. Be humble. Knowing that none of us have it all together. Do not repay evil for evil. Stop the insults. Stop saying what doesn't need to be said. And speak some love. Embrace and love one another. 
Because why? Because you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. Not just be given a blessing, but inherit a blessing. And what is that blessing? Well, when Christians do the hard work, when they do the hard work of getting along in the name of Jesus, it says you will be blessed. Yes, some days are harder than others, but Jesus never stops being Jesus. He never stops walking. He never stops being with us. Jesus says, I will bless you. Let me work with you. Let me help you. Let me bless you along the way. Let me bless these relationships. Let me bless your relationship with the community, those around you, those you're trying to reach. The prophets and the disciples, they, they didn't have it all together. They weren't perfect men. Not perfect in any way, shape, or form. But yet they were obedient. They were not scared to do the Lord's work. They did not hold back speaking for the Lord, doing God's work, saying what God wanted them to say, teaching and preaching, loving and caring. But then Peter goes on and he tells us to look ahead. Look past this little molehill, this little conflict, whatever it is. Look ahead. What's on down the road for us? What would the Lord have for us down the, down the road if we are willing to get these things taken care of? Verse 10, he says, Keep your tongue from evil, your lips from deceitful speech. And what happens? You will love life and see good days. You will love life and see good days. Isn't that what we want? We want love. We want good days. We want the Lord. We want, we want joy. We want this to be a place of joy. We want people to come through these doors and know that the joy of the Lord is here. Verse 11, turn from evil and do good. And the finale, verse 12, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer. And the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for keeping our eyes on us. I know I want the Lord, I want his eyes on me as my children would want me to watch them in their sports or their showing or if they're playing at the piano. Or if they're just doing their chores or just playing in the living room. As a parent watches their child from a distance and sees the things that they do and live and act, the joy that comes to their, the face of the parent is the type of joy that the Lord wants. He wants to be able to stand back and just watch his church and his children do the good work to bring glory to the kingdom of God. But I don't want it the other way even though there may be times that we need it the other way. As parents, you see your child acting up or you see them doing something, saying something, getting into something they're not supposed to be doing. Do you stand back and laugh and joke around about it? No. You go, you get in their face and say, what are you thinking? What are you doing? What are you doing that for? You get in their face, you confront them, and you make them explain themselves. We don't allow them, as our children, to continue to live 
in that whatever they're doing. Acting out, selfishness, hurting someone, taking advantage of others. And the Lord's not going to take stand for it either, so he's going to get in your face. And he's going to be there, and he's going to do what he needs to do to get your attention, saying, what are you doing that for? That's not what I called you to do. That's not how you're to act. So as we think about this, how do we want to be perceived by the Lord? Do we want him hearing our prayers? Do we want the Holy Spirit guiding us? Or do we want him getting in our face and straightening us out? Both, right? When we're wrong, I hope that he'd get in, get in our face and straighten us out. When we're getting it right, we'd hear the positive. Keep up the good work. We'd see people respond. We'd see fruits of the Spirit coming to light. And it begins with our own hearts. It begins with ourselves. Each and every one of us. So I say it again. Bring yourself to the Lord. Bring yourself to God in prayer so that we can be together going forth for God as a body of Christ. Let us pray. Father God, you are all about love and power. You are all about correcting those that need to be corrected. You are all about uh, blessing, blessing the church and blessing us as we do things according to your way. So Lord... We continue to need the guidance and direction of the Holy Spirit within each and every one of us, within each and every family, within each and every committee, each and every ministry activity, wherever it's taking place, within these walls, beyond this community, wherever we work and play. Lord Jesus, as we look in the mirror today, we don't want to be an obstacle to answered prayer. We don't want to be any type of obstacle for, for ourselves, for our family, for this church, or for anyone else. We want to be encouragers and love people, love them in a way that they come closer to Jesus. So, Lord... Continue the holy and mighty work that still needs to be done. Better things are yet to come. And this I believe because Jesus is my Lord and Savior. And in his name I pray. Amen. Would you stand?